I'm Derek Walker, the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. We're in a series on praise, thanksgiving and worship. And we're making the points about all the things that praise does, the benefits and the power of praise. And, and I really want to emphasize three big points today. Number one, our praise blesses God. Number two, our praise benefits us greatly. And number three, our praise binds Satan and the demonic forces. So first of all, our praise blesses God. Psalm 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And so as we praise him, we are blessing the Lord. We are giving him pleasure. And so that's the number one reason, really, why we should praise God, to glorify him, to bless him, to give him joy. And that's why we should continually praise God, it says, to have a lifestyle of praise. And to truly bless God, uh, we must praise him with our whole heart. Because I don't think he is, uh, particularly enjoys lukewarm or half-hearted praise. God is whole-hearted and passionate and undivided in his love for us. And so anything uh, half-hearted, uh, you know, lukewarm, doesn't... Uh, satisfy his heart really. Psalm 91 says, I will praise you O Lord with my whole heart I will tell of your wonderful works. Psalm 111, praise the Lord, I will praise the Lord with my whole heart, my undivided heart. And then Psalm 138, I will praise you with my whole heart. And so our praise blesses God, our wholehearted praise blesses God. Now number point two which we've been majoring on which is our praise benefits us in many ways. We've already seen a number of benefits. Number one, praise brings us into God's presence and it brings God's presence into us. Number two, praise brings us into total victory. It causes us to triumph. Number three, praise releases the glory of God in our lives. Number four, praise delivers us from the spirit of heaviness and depression. Number five, praise is beautiful and it beautifies us in our character. And personality. Number six, praise releases spiritual strength into our hearts for living, empowering us to do God's will even under pressure. Number seven, through a lifestyle of praise we pursue God and bring our heart into harmony and submission to God. Number eight, praise, thanksgiving and worship are foundational for developing and sustaining and increasing our moral virtue and character. And now we come on to point number nine here, which is that praise and worship <coughs> brings us into greater mental health. That's something that's very valued, of course, is to have our mental health. It's even more important than our physical health. Because praise helps to see things as God sees, helps us to see things as God sees them. It, it gives us a healthy perspective on the things of life, a sense of proportion, so that small things don't obsess our thinking. Praise gets our eyes off ourselves and onto God, which is a very healthy thing. And it helps to break our pride, uh, our need to be the centre of everything and to control everything. Uh, and that only creates constant stress and breakdown. Uh, and so, pr so by doing that, praise also helps us develop a relaxed, humble frame of mind. Through praise and thanksgiving, we bring our heart into resting in 
the powerful peace of God. So we want to talk about mental health issues here now because it, the Bible says that as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So, and so your thought life is so important and that's where praise plays a big role. A great key to be healthy uh, in your thinking. I'm going to talk about this in three ways. First of all, praise helps us to have a healthy perspective. The ability to to um, judge the true size of an issue and a problem, to see things in proportion, that's part of healthy thinking. You know, if some small problem has a disproportional effect on you, then that's unhealthy thinking. I, I like the saying, to keep things in proportion, you know, don't sweat the small stuff. So help, praise helps to, to develop this healthy perspective by seeing everything from God's viewpoint. You know, things that might seem so big to us, when you see it from God's viewpoint, is not a problem. And so in praise, we focus, you see, on God's greatness and his victory over his enemies and his promise that he will work everything together for good. And uh, as we acknowledge his power, his faithfulness, his love, we begin to realize this problem that seems so great is, is really nothing to God. And, and that all the earthly things are just temporal, but that which is of God is forever. And so we begin to have the correct value on things. And that gives us mental stability in the tosses and changes of life. A, a great example of this is Psalm 2. Where, which starts with everything looking terrible and all the powers in the world working against God and his people. It says, Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed and against his anointed. And that includes us. We are in Christ, in the anointed. And, these, and they saying, Let us break their bonds asunder and cast away their cords from us. And, and that's the situation in the world. And if we just focus on everything that's going on wrong in the world, the evil in the world, we get stressed, we get discouraged. We actually need to look up and tune into heaven and get God's viewpoint. And that's what the psalmist does next in verse 4. He says, what's happening in heaven while all this stuff is going on? Is heaven in a panic? Is heaven worried about it? He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. And so, is God all worried about what's going on on earth? Is he saying over me, Oh, Derek's in such a mess. I don't know what to do. It's so bad. I don't know if I've got enough angels to sort his problems out. No. God laughs because he's already won the victory over every problem. Christ, the king, has conquered. He says, I have set my king on my holy hill. In other words, Jesus has already conquered through his death and resurrection. He's ascended on high and he is established as king already now in heaven. And he's seated at the right hand of God, having conquered everything. And so God just points to that reality. No, I've already won the victory. And he laughs at the enemy's feeble attempts to undo that. Everything is under his feet. And so we, once we see the joy in heaven, that heaven is laughing, that heaven is joyful, 
that heaven is in the victory, then we can join in that rejoicing and we can even laugh at the enemy's feeble attempts to defeat God. Well, in, in John 16.33, Jesus said, In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. In other words, rejoice, for I have overcome the world. In other words, in the face of tribulation, and we don't deny there is trouble and tribulation in this world, but in the face of it, we are to rejoice. We are to praise God for his victory. We are to focus our minds not on the tribulation, but on Christ's victory. That way we stay spiritually strong and in a place of good mental health. Our problem is that we look at things too long through a microscope. We look at the problems through a microscope and we magnify them until they look bigger than they really are. You know, you could look at a tiny insect under a strong microscope and it would look like a terrible monster. But we need to get perspective. We need to magnify God and see that he's greater than everything else. He's seen it all, he's dealt with it all, he's overcome it all in Christ. And if, we, if that's our perspective, we will have, we won't deny the problem, but we won't be overcome by it in our thinking. We'll have a good mental attitude and we'll be trusting God for the answer. If we trust him, he will turn it for our good. So we need to magnify God. How do we magnify God? It's through praise. Through magnifying God, getting into, through praise, we come into a healthy state of mind, a healthy perspective. Psalm 34 says, My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear of it and be glad. O oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. So in other words, we, we, if we focus on the problem, then that increases the fear. But if we exalt his name above the problem, if we magnify him above the problem, then, the, then that issue takes its proper perspective. You know, when David faced Goliath, if he just focused on Goliath's size, he would have been, fear would have come in his heart. But in David's mind, he didn't deny that Goliath was a giant, but David was seeing God. And God is a trillion times bigger than Goliath, and therefore Goliath was, was nothing to him. Psalm 69 says, I will praise the name of God with a song, and I will magnify him with thanksgiving. So you, you magnify God with your thanksgiving. Isaiah 40 says, Have you not known, have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord, that's through worshipping the Lord, looking to him, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary, and they'll walk and not faint. And so when we wait on the Lord with praise and worship, we rise up high like an eagle. And an eagle has tremendous eyesight, and it sees everything from above. He sees it from God's viewpoint now. And so when you wait on the Lord, the Lord will renew your mind, and you'll see it from the way he sees it. We get his perspective. And then it's like going up in an aeroplane. That thing, that building that seems so huge, like a, a stadium, suddenly becomes very small when you see it from above. And so that is the way with our problems. As we wait on the Lord, we will see as God sees. We will have mental health 
in the face of our problems. Now the second key to mental health is having a humble state of mind rather than proud, being governed by pride, which is a killer. A humble and relaxed mindset, that is um, healthy thinking. You see, humility really is having a correct understanding of our place in God, in our relationship with God. The opposite of humility is pride, where we want to be at the center. We are God. We're trying to play God, controlling everything. But this is very unhealthy because we were not made to be God. <laughs> um, we get stressed out trying to control everything. And so we get into a state of bad mental health. In fact, pride really is the insanity of the devil who thought he could be equal to God, independent with God. Pride is thinking and acting as if we are the center of everything. And that everything depends on us. Pride thinks of God and of people as just existing for our sakes. And so pride is quick to blame God when something goes wrong. Because, well, surely life is meant to revolve around me. God is my servant. What do you think you're doing, God? And so instead, we should have a humble attitude and judge ourselves. Pride cuts you off from God's grace. And it opens you up to Satan's deceptions. Pride actually is at the root of most unhealthy thinking. And it opens the door to Satan and his negative thoughts. Uh, a very interesting verse in uh, Job 41, when God is explaining to Job why such things happened to him. Although he was morally right and everything, yet he had opened the door to Satan. And God revealed it to him through a revelation of Leviathan. And Leviathan in, in the Bible is Satan. And in verse 34, God explains what had happened. He says, he, he Leviathan, Satan, is king over all the children of pride. In other words, pride. If you get into pride, you, Satan now has access to you because that's his spirit, spirit of pride. And Job had got into self-righteousness and pride and that, that had opened the door. He didn't realize it. And as soon as he got that revelation, the very next verse, the very next chapter, Job repents and humbles himself and God is able to bless him double. So the best antidote to pride is praise because praise reminds us of God's greatness, that it's God that's great, not us, that he's our creator, we didn't make ourselves, and he's our source of life and he's our center and without him we have nothing, we, we can do nothing. Praise reminds us and thanksgiving reminds us that we're dependent on him. It's very healthy for us. And, and this praise breaks the spirit of pride. And it helps us relax because we, we begin to let go and we don't need to control everything anymore. So we relax and we, knowing God loves us, we can relax and be secure. Let God be God. Uh, you don't have to understand everything. You don't have to control everything. In praise, we humble ourselves before God and we, we cultivate humility in our hearts. And that is essential for good mental health. We just realize and relax in the fact that our life is in God's hands. 
and we fit into his plans, not the other way around. We are his creations. He knows what's best for us, and we can trust him and depend on him. And so praise is declaring his greatness. That helps our humility. And uh, thanksgiving acknowledges our dependence on him. That all good things come from him and not from ourselves. And that praise and thanksgiving helps us to humble ourselves before God and to break our pride. And it creates this humble, relaxed state of mind, which is very healthy. You know, it's very healthy to realize you're not the center of the universe, where everyone has to fit in with you. And, uh, and it's all about your rights and your demands. Um, praise puts God on the throne and it dethrones you. And uh, that is very healthy. So praise, thanksgiving and worship, they create humility in us reminding us that God is the center and the source of our life. You know, praising his name brings, and his perfections, brings us into humility because how can you brag on yourself when you're reminded of, of who God is? Thanksgiving for your blessings and everything he's done for you. That keeps you humble in case you got the idea that somehow you did it yourself. Um, boasting in the Lord helps you not to boast in yourself. It reminds that you need God. And worship is the fullest expression of humility of all. It's the, it's the total expression of humility. It's the surrender of our will to God. And so there's this wonderful verse in Psalm 46. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And it's interesting that this verse describes this state of humility of stillness that we enter in through worship where we know that God is God. Be still and know that I'm God. We're resting in the fact that he is in ultimate control of our lives. And this translation though, although be still, you know, it's, it's an okay translation, it doesn't fully express what's being said here. The original Hebrew actually is, instead of be still, it is let go, release. And perhaps the best way of translating it would be to cause yourself to let go. He says, cause yourself to let go and know that I am God. So we, this isn't talking about a passive stillness, just trying to be still. It's actually talking about something going on in your heart, an active letting go of control, letting go of your futile attempt to be in control, to be your own God. It's an instruction to relax and let go and let God. And this is really an act of worship. And the promise is that as we let go of our pride, of our attempt to control everything, and as we surrender that in worship, he says, you will know God. Be still, let go and know God is God. In other words, you will know and experience God's saving power when you do that. And also, you will, it goes on and says, know that God is exalted among the nations in the earth. In other words, you will come to know that God is in ultimate control of everything that happens. And you enter into this relaxed state of mind through this surrender of worship. And this is mental health. 
Well, the third key to mental health is peace. We all want peace versus anxiety, of course. Stress and anxiety is the enemy. So when we focus on God through praise and see God as the center of our existence, not ourselves, then that's very healthy. And that brings us into a state of peace. And that really, I suppose, peace is the essence of mental health. Uh, the opposite, of course, is anxiety, fear, insecurity. And that's all based on a lack of faith that God loves us and cares for us. A philosopher said once, my life has been full of terrible misfortunes, most of which never happened. <laughs> In other words, we imagine all kinds of terrible things happen and the very few of them actually do. By praising God, you see, for his greatness, thanking God for his love and goodness to us, we move our heart and mind into a place where we are looking and trusting in God. And this helps bring us into a place of peace. Just trusting his provision for us, because he loves us. We can move our heart into that through praise and worship. Isaiah says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. And so by praise and worship we bring our mind focused on the Lord and that results in perfect peace. To be carnally minded, Romans says, or to be self-centered is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Philippians 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. See, there's the worship. There's the praise. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I will say rejoice. That's the foundation. And as you rejoice, then the rest of these verses can happen much better. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So notice, in the circumstances of life, when we worry about them, we focus on ourselves and our problems as if there was no God who cared for us. And we get stressed, we lose our mental health. Uh, why? Because we're trying to carry it ourselves. Our soul was not designed to carry that burden. But we can move out of that place of anxiety. It begins with praise and thanksgiving. Rejoice in the Lord always. And as we focus on God, it's gonna be easier now to, to give God our problems and to trust in him. But first, we need to focus on God. Rejoice in the Lord always, it says. And then we give him our cares and our burdens through prayer. Let your requests be made known to God. But these prayers must be mixed with thanksgiving. In other words, as you pray and you give it to God, you also start thanking him. Lord, I thank you that you love me. Thank you that as I give this to you now, you're going to take it and you're going to work on this situation. I thank you. That you, you, that you love me. And when we do this and we cast it on him, we just keep thanking him and we say, thank you, Lord. You've got that problem. I've given it to you now. I trust you to deal with it and to show me if I have to do anything. And it promises that when we do that, the supernatural peace of God will well up from our spirit and fill our minds and our hearts. It says, if, you, if, we, if we give it to God with thanksgiving, so thank you, Lord, you've taken this problem, 
he says, then the peace of God, which is beyond all understanding, that means it comes from the spirit realm. It doesn't come from your mind. You can't create peace from your own mind. The peace of God is a spiritual force. It's, it's the literally the life of God. It's the peace of God. God is spirit, so it comes from the spirit. Uh, and it comes, it's beyond understanding. It be, it's comes from a deeper place than your mind, and it comes into your mind, because it says it will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. So when you do this uh, in thanksgiving, then that opens the door, as it were, for the peace of God to come into your spirit. While you're trying to handle this thing in your own strength, you are blocking the peace of God to come from your spirit into your heart and mind. But when you trust that to God, you give it to God with thanksgiving, that opens the door of your heart for the peace of God to come from the spirit, and it says it will guard your heart and mind. That means it will protect it. It, it, it. It's like this strong force that comes into your heart and mind and then it will protect your heart and mind from any worry. And you can live in that peace of God where no matter what happens, those worries can't touch you because the peace of God is protecting you from torment and fear and anxiety. And so mental stress and anxiety comes when we lean on ourselves, on our own soul, our own understanding as our base of operation. We were never meant to lean on our minds. They are too fragile. But we're meant to trust in the Lord with all our heart. You know, praise and thanksgiving is a practical way to keep our focus on the Lord so that we constantly acknowledge Him and thank Him as our Lord, as our provider. You know, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. The more we lean on our understanding, we get stressed. Praise and worship just helps us to keep trusting in the Lord and not lean on our understanding. And then it says, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. As you commit it to God and acknowledge him and say, Lord, you're the Lord of this situation. You show me what to do and then he will direct you what to do. So just because you cast the care on the Lord doesn't mean you're being irresponsible. You're simply saying, Lord, you take the leadership and you show me what to do if I need to do something. And it says, he will direct your paths. When you trust in God as your base of operation, you will have his peace in your heart, holding you up and sustaining you. And the way you do that in practice is continually praising God, thanking God. That's how you keep your heart in that place of trusting him and not leaning on your own understanding where the negative mental health comes in. I'm pleased to present my new book, my commentary on the book of Revelation. It's available in this size for £15, but also in the A4 size, extra large size, for £30. And uh, we're talking about praise, and one thing that will cause you to praise and glorify God is the revelation in the book of Revelation about the glory of Jesus. Let me encourage you to really understand this book in a new, deeper way through, through reading this book. Uh, as I say, it's a commentary that goes verse by verse in detail through the book of Revelation. I think it'll cause you to inspire you to glorify God as never before. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel. You're most welcome to join us at our church services which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm.
at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX3 7QH. You can order CDs, DVDs, books and other great products from our online shop at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk or by calling 01865 515 086.